3: Restrictions apply. Prime membership required for add-on subscriptions. See Amazon.com slash Amazon Prime for details. You are listening to The Dan
4: Patrick Show on Fox Sports Radio. This is Hour 2. This Wednesday, Dan and the Danettes, Dan Patrick Show. We'll talk some football with Mike Florio. He'll join us on loan, NBC Sports, The Washington Commanders, no stranger to controversy. Their owner, Daniel Snyder, has been the source of most of the team's issues. And earlier this year, there was a lawsuit presented to the NFL accusing Snyder and the commanders of sexual harassment. Now Washington's facing another controversy. This one won't get anywhere near the publicity. It's not as salacious. It was reported yesterday. Congress found evidence that the team had engaged in unlawful financial practices. The report claims Washington knowingly withheld revenue from visiting teams. Still a lot we don't know about this. That's why I wanted to have Florio on. I always go back to Al Capone. All the things that he did, they got him on tax evasion. Now, I'm not comparing Daniel Snyder to Al Capone. I'm just saying sometimes somebody gets picked off when it's one of the lesser charges here. When you're withholding money from other billionaires... They might have a problem with this. If the reports turn out to be true, there should be, will be serious consequences for Daniel Snyder. And I don't know what the NFL plans to do with this situation. It's like if you're the NFL, do you really want to find something? Because if you find something, then you have to do something. And it feels like all these owners are like, hey, don't rat on me because I'll rat on you. I got information on you. At least it feels that way. But when you consider all the other allegations Washington has been facing and and the NFL sent out something basically saying, you know, all the different things we're investigating. This is one of the things we're investigating with Washington. I don't know how long the owners continue to back Daniel Snyder, but we'll talk to Mike Florio about that coming up a little bit. Also, 15 days until the draft. We have to wait a little bit longer before you start to see some teams show their cards because... Mel Kuyper has his mock draft. And it used to be, when we worked with Mel Kuyper at ESPN, they wanted him, or he wanted to project what he thinks the team should do. Now, he was just saying, these are the best players. He ranked them. Not what they were going to do, because Mel said, I don't talk to GMs. I don't talk to scouts. You know, these. this is what I, you know, my list of where I think they should go. And now he projects... You know, this is why they're gonna take you know this player at this at this uh, draft selection. And he's got one quarterback going in the top fifteen, that's Malik Willis to the Carolina Panthers. I don't know what Detroit does it to. If they really want Malik Willis and you let him sit for one year behind Jared Goff, they've talked about trading down Jacksonville. Jacksonville know who they're taking. Does somebody want to go up to that number one spot? It doesn't feel like there's that one player where you go, "Hey, we're gonna we're gonna spend some uh, draft picks here, and uh, we're gonna go up and get this guy." Feels like edge rushers. There's going to be quite a few of them taken in the first round. Wide receivers. Feels like that's going to be the case as well. I didn't see a running back anywhere in the first round. I don't think with Mel's uh, mock draft, but. Paulie, of course, is very interested. When some Even people Paulie doesn't even know, he'll look at a mock draft and go, yes, yeah, somebody says that uh, this quarterback's going to go in the top 13
2: picks because he has a pie to the face writing on this. Yes, Seaton. It's definitely got me way more interested. Oh. I'm, I'm looking at every, like you just said, every single mock draft I go right to 13 and count up just to see. Peacock, the exclusive streaming home of Yellowstone, head
4: to the ranch and stream all four seasons of the record-breaking hit series. Go to PeacockTV.com, sign up now. We say good morning to those watching on Peacock and listening to uh, this program on nearly 400 radio stations around America. Yes, Paul?
1: I was looking real quick about, you said the Lions have the number two pick. They've also got the Rams pick at the end of the first round, yeah. the last pick of the first round, which means who if they got a quarterback, whoever's, I guess, left over, which is the wrong thing to say, they still get that person on that guaranteed locked-in quarterback contract.
4: What's the poll question for hour two, Cedon?
2: Well, right now, Dan, I could get you the results for hour one. Okay. Which was, is the or was the Timberwolves celebration last night justified? Okay, this is how
4: it sounded the Minnesota Timberwolves radio network with the call.
2: Just the second time in the last 18 years, the Timberwolves are headed to the
0: postseason. Anthony Edwards, Patrick Beverly up on the scorer's table. They are pumped up and witness this one going away 109-104.
5: All right, they're
4: pumped up. And I'm fine with it. You know, you're celebrating in your world. You know, the rest of the world, sports world, may go, oh, come on, man. That's a play-in win. Yeah, Marv. This is like Footloose. Let the kids dance. <laughs>
2: Let yes. them celebrate. Yes, Seaton. Actually, some people have been commenting, too, that it's not just Timberwolves. It's all of Minnesota sports is celebrating. <laughs> oh, because they're. Oh, So okay. one person said that they're like the most tortured fan base over the last 25 years because there really hasn't been much to but, celebrate. But
4: are they mo- the most tortured?
2: Well, maybe in their own eyes. Yeah. God, yeah, I'm trying to think.
4: What other fan base... Well, you're talking city. And, well, and you're looking
2: collectively across the yeah, all sports, yeah. right? So, like, mm. uh, maybe Atlanta was there up until... Uh, yeah, they won a World Series. Braves kind of ruined yeah. that.
4: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so the Timberwolves take all this momentum and get ready to take on the Memphis Grizzlies. Yes, Paul?
1: The Minnesota Vikings have had some painful moments. You don't have to go through all of them. They also they felt like they were close to being the first team to host a Super Bowl. Couple of years ago, with yeah. Case Keenum and that great defense, yeah. it felt like. Remember that? Uh, that that felt like that was your year.
2: Yes, he, and Patrick Beverly has another vengeance game coming up against the Grizzlies because he was on the Grizzlies <laughs> for about nine days before he got <laughs> traded.
4: I don't. I don't think it'll. He'll have the same. You know,
2: does he get just, to cry
4: if they win after that game? Well, he would have to win the series, and or then the series, and then he gets to cry. But look, he hates the Clippers. I don't think he has the, the same disdain for Memphis. I was there nine days.
1: <laughs> my first three or four days being a Grizzly was great, and then it went downhill. I, really I, found, I found a home here. Week
4: two, it was like, oh. I was there nine whole days. The place just got really into my soul. <laughs> oh, boy. Get a couple of phone calls in here. I'm fine with them celebrating. I, th- I thought it was, it, it was great. Um, uh, Kevin Durant had a wonderful night last night. So did Kyrie. Kyrie didn't miss a shot until the fourth quarter. But uh, Kevin Durant had another impressive game. 25-11 and assists. Here's Kevin Durant. And uh, it starts with the reporter's question. Does it feel, I don't even want to say like a Game 7, but more like maybe a Game
3: 6?
6: <laughs> <laughs> it feels like a playoff game. You know, each game is just as important, you know. Game 1 through 7 are important, so it feels like a playoff game, and I know our fans are going to approach it as such, and they are, our opponents are as well. So
7: it's just a matter of just going up, lacing your sneaks up, and just scooping, seeing what happens the end? All
4: right. build up a big lead and then held on for dear life. My Cavs made it interesting, and uh, I like that – America got to see Anthony Edwards, and you also got to see Darius Garland. And, and they're really w- wonderful talents. And then you got uh, a couple of games coming up tonight. Uh, you have uh, San Antonio Spurs playing the Pelicans. That's the late game. Hornets-Hawks and, and the, early. Hornets-Hawks, which will be fun. All it takes is one player for your team to be relevant in basketball. Because, you know, the Hornets and the Hawks used to be awful. Then you got Trey Young. All right, you're interesting. Then you get LaMelo Ball. All right, you're interesting. Just takes one player. And you could say that about the NFL. You know, the Bengals getting Joe Burrow. Then all of a sudden, they became interesting. Then they get Jamar Chase. They get really interesting. You have that one guy that you tune in to see. Normally, it's going to be the quarterback. But in basketball, Luka and the Mavs. One guy. That's all it takes. Uh, Let's see, Andrew in Washington. Andrew, who has the bet with Paulie on the over/under of thirteen and a half picks before we have a quarterback selected. Andrew joins us. Hi, Andrew. Hey, guys. Hey, Dan. Dan, thanks for taking my call. Yeah, your mock draft, Paulie, would kill me.
0: I'm a big Carolina Panthers fan. If they actually <laughs> help me lose a bet to you, well, well, so be it. But I won't be happy. Um, also, you're, you're right about these play-in game stats and records. They just kind of go into this abyss. You know, Kyrie made his first 12 shots last night. That would be a playoff game record, but it's just a play-in game record. So yeah. I guess we'll have a new book. But um, I do have a stat of the day for you, the
1: free throw bros, if I could have some music from hoodie hat uh, hat and headphones
4: down there. All right. That'd be more.
5: By averaging 92.5 and 92.3 from the free throw line, teammates Jordan Poole and Steph Curry became
4: the first teammates to lead the NBA in free throw shooting in 35 years. The last
0: teammates to do it, Larry Bird and Danny Ainge in 1987.
4: That's another thing I like about Darius Garland. He makes his free throws. He's a great free-throw shooter. The uh, Luka Doncic-Steph uh, Curry injury update is right now a little iffy here. You know, Luka feels like that. He's the most iffy. Um, you know, Steph's been out a while, and they've been targeting this comeback here for uh, Game 1. But they may sit him, you know, for a little bit. But Luka, you know, you got a calf muscle, and those are tricky. Because when you think they're healed, they're not healed. And you... I think you you kind of convince yourself, hey, it's just a calf injury. No, it's not a knee injury, an ankle injury. It's a calf that you can go out there and somehow tough it out. Dallas in Seattle. Hey, Dallas, what's on your mind?
3: Hi, Dan. Thanks for taking my call. Sure. Uh, five nine one sixty. So, Dan, uh,
0: growing up in high school, I was always a big sports center sports center fan, and. I wish there was a full sale program, you know. When I was back in school, because I always dreamed of being that sports center guy, but just the fear alone of being on live
5: TV just totally steered (laughs) me down a totally, you know, different career path. So I was just curious, what was it like for you the first time being on live TV? And I'd like to hear from the Danettes as well. What was their experience like? All right. Well,
4: thank you, Dallas. First time I was on live TV, that was a local market. Uh, channel 2 in Dayton, Ohio. And I was pretty stiff. I just, uh, I was doing weekend sports, the local news channel. And uh, I just remembered, I don't remember anything about it other than I just wanted to get through it. And then the first time I was on at CNN, I did a sports update on CNN and my microphone didn't work. And I'm just talking and if you were watching, you weren't hearing anything. And then the news anchor took his microphone off and put it on my tie. And I just kept reading what was on the teleprompter. That was it. And I just got through it. And then I, I realized after the fact, okay, my microphone wasn't on. And the news anchor, Lou Waters, gave me his microphone. And that was it. Uh, and then once I got to ESPN, I had had a lot of reps at CNN. Before that, and really, when you're doing live TV or live radio, you're you have to think about just doing it for the people who are right in front of you. When we would do SportsCenter, I didn't think that millions were watching. I I just played to the people who are camera people. So we had Howie Schwab doing stats uh, to my left, and then you had three camera people, and then you had a floor director, and we just spoke. I just spoke to them. When I would look into the camera, I was speaking to the person who was behind the camera, and it helped me sort of stay in the moment. And even when I was doing the Super Bowl, like you're up on the podium, there's 100 million people watching the trophy ceremony, and I just played to the people I'm talking to, the owner, the quarterback, head coach. You're not thinking about – and then you have earpieces in, so that drowns out all the, the – uh, the sound around you, all the crowd noise. So you just hear yourself, a little bit of the crowd noise, and then you're just talking to somebody. And instead of talking to somebody in front of 10 people, it's 110 million people. And, you know, therefore, you don't think about those things. Because if you do, then you're going to kind of tense up a little bit there. Uh, let's see. Uh, Aaron in Minneapolis Aaron, congratulations on the incredible win last night.
0: Thank you very much, Dan. Five eleven, two seventy. 270. The streets are wet with purple <laughs> rain. There's wet pavement all over the beautiful city of Minneapolis with purple rain. The Timberwolves fever has struck.
4: Yes. Is, when's the parade start today, Aaron?
0: Well, I'm on the I'm on the horn with the mayor. We're gonna figure that yes. out. Yes. Yes. Dan, do you think
5: the Timberwolves were over the top other than Patrick Beverly? Uh
4: Patrick Beverly was, definitely. Uh I understood that he was going to be emotional. That's who he is. If he wasn't emotional, I'd be like, What what happened to Patrick Beverly? Um and these younger players. You you know, you've been the butt of jokes. You know, the Timberwolves, you know, you, oh, you're going to send him to Minnesota and play for the Timberwolves. And then the Timberwolves, Timberwolves kind of got on people's radar because Anthony Edwards is great. Carl Anthony Towns scored 60 points in a game this year. And you forget about D'Angelo Russell. I mean, he was, what, the second pick overall? You know, they you find a reason to celebrate. There's nothing wrong with that. Now, did Beverly go over the top? Of course he did. But... I would celebrate if I'm I'm the Timberwolves. You know, get that feeling. What's that feeling like? Because you want that feeling back when you win. And the reaction. I loved it. All right, we'll take a break. We'll talk to Mike Florio about the situation going on with the Washington Commanders. Is this the charge that could bring down Daniel Snyder? He'll uh, join us coming up. Also get his thoughts on the draft because... Usually, it's next week where you start to hear a little bit more about what people, teams, are really thinking. And there's going to be a couple of guys rising and a couple of guys falling. It happens every year. Back after this, Dan Patrick Show. Link Soul. I got my Link Soul on today. Let's see. Who else has Link Soul on today? Fritzy? Marv has his Link Soul on today. He looks stylish today. And everything that we wear on the show, you can go to Link Soul and you can buy they have uh, their uh, spring 22 look at uh, Link Soul. And there are a lot of new designs, colors, sustainable fabrics, and uh, they can handle whatever the day throws at you. This is uh, stealth leisure. That's what they call it. Perfect for spending all day watching big games, doing some work around the house. Uh, Link Soul's board shorts, best in the game. Also, they double as the swim trunks. They have so many great um, ideas there and In, uh, insanely comfortable fabric. And uh, Link Soul also makes pants and windbreakers out of this fabric that uh, they use on their boardwalkers. I think you'll love the clothes, and new customers get 15% off their first order and free shipping. Let them know that uh, we sent you. Link L I N K S O U L dot com. Thanks for listening to the Dan Patrick Show podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday morning, 9 until noon Eastern, 6 to 9 Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. And you can find us on the iHeartRadio app at FSR or stream us live on the Peacock app.
0: At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off, grand slam, or a base hit to center field.
7: Hey, this looks amazing. I'm
6: so glad you made
7: it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel? It's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex.
4: The original light beer, 1975. Miller Lite. Yeah, the original. Yeah, 1975. Perfect companion for uh, us grill masters across the United States. This past weekend, even Mother's Day. I'm treating myself while I'm treating my wife for Mother's Day. Out there cooking, and I've got my Miller Light, my friend, right there with me. Miller Light keeps it simple. Undebatable quality. It's You can't debate it. I would try it with No, you can't. Taste as great as the barbecue you're making. The beer that strips away everything you don't need and holds on to what matters most. It tastes like a beer. Less filling. Only 96 calories. With a Miller Light in hand, grilling doesn't just taste great. It it tastes like Miller Time. To get Miller Lite delivered to your door, visit millerlite.com/patrick, or you can find it pretty much anywhere that sells great beer. Celebrate responsibly. Miller Brewing Company, Milwaukee, Wisconsin. Ninety-six calories per twelve ounces. More phone calls coming up. Update the poll results. Check in with the Lakers on what do you do now? Mike Florio has a new book, a bestseller. It's called Playmakers, How the NFL Really Works and Doesn't. Now available online wherever books are sold. And uh, it's also available books on tape. My nephew uh, listened to it. Loved it. Uh, Mike joins us now. Mike, the number one story leading up to the draft is what?
5: Well, I think it's whether and to what extent quarterbacks are going to be overdrafted. We had fewer available in free agency and trades for the teams out there that are desperate. There are some teams like the Panthers that can't convince any veteran quarterbacks to come play for them. So the only way to do it is involuntarily with the sixth overall pick. I love the fact that three of the teams that tried to get to Sean Watson and obviously didn't, in the same division panthers falcons saints saints have two picks between 15 and 20 that they could package to try to cut the line in front of the panthers at six the falcons at eight and you hear for months this quarterback class isn't very good doesn't matter because teams (laughs) always need quarterbacks and this is one way to get them and because it's not as expensive as it used to be you can roll the dice if it works great if it doesn't you'll be back in position to draft another one soon enough so Whether or not teams take quarterbacks who are maybe marginal prospects over great maybe edge rushers or other players, that's what's going to fascinate me. And quarterbacks are always the story in the NFL.
4: Give me the team, though, that they could change the entire first round of the draft.
5: Well, I think a team that would decide to obviously trade down a team in the top five that has multiple picks and is looking for more like the Giants. I keep looking at the Giants at five. They've got some heavy lifting to do. The best Giants teams of the past 20 years were teams that had great offensive lines and defensive lines. And the failure of Dave Gettleman, the former GM, to develop the offensive line is the biggest reason why he's the former GM of the Giants. So you got Joe Shane in there now, who's sitting there at five. And I mentioned earlier, the Saints could try to trade up. They could keep sliding back, stockpiling more lottery tickets. That's what these are. They're unscratched lottery tickets. It's one of the points I make in playmakers. And the more tickets you get, the more you scratch, The greater the chance you're going to get some winners so the team that can shake up the draft the most is the team that finds the opportunity to trade down and get the most lottery tickets and then three four years from now we say hey boy they had a hell of a draft back in 2022 when we're focused on the 2025 draft we're going to realize potentially one of these teams really cashed in this year summarize
4: the latest scandal with the washington commanders
5: People could go to jail. How about that? And it took a turn. We've seen it unfold over the past few days. And I think one of the realities is with the Washington commanders, there's been this drip, drip, drip for the past couple of years and nothing ever happens. So we think that each news story is just another drip that's not going to cause anything to happen. Yesterday was different. Yesterday was a congressional committee referring to a federal agency with copies to the attorneys general from three states with jurisdiction over the Washington commanders claims that the organization engaged in two types of financial fraud. One, that the team shorted revenue that should have gone to the league for distribution to all teams. That's troubling. And again, these are allegations, but they're made by somebody who worked for the team for 24 years. The other allegation which could result in criminal prosecution, the idea that they had a deliberate scam in place again, allegedly, I'm not looking to get sued today or any day for that matter, but the notion that they were keeping security deposits made by their best customers. The people who bought season tickets year in and year out, no matter how crappy the team was, they kept coming back and there was supposedly some sort of a scam to keep their security deposits to make it very difficult to get them back. So people just say, screw it, I'm going to quit trying. That to me is the thing that could launch a prosecution, grand juries indictments and you work your way up to the ladder until you get to the very top. And all of a sudden, Daniel Snyder's got a lot more to worry about than losing his team.
4: But they can't. The government can't force him to sell. This would be incumbent upon the owners and the commissioner. Yes. Okay.
5: at least 24 owners would be required to force him to sell. But I think one of the reasons the league has been reluctant First of all, the league doesn't want to hold Daniel Snyder to a standard that then would potentially apply to other owners. They're protecting the other owners in protecting him. But I think they also don't want to get into a fight with Snyder because he will fight and fight and fight and it will be ugly and it will be nasty and there'll be dirty laundry everywhere. But the league at this point may just simply step back. Let this thing play out. Let's see if there's prosecution. Let's see if there's pressure placed on Daniel Snyder by others to get out of this business. That may be the easiest path out of this for the NFL. And also, Dan, from the league office's perspective, I suspect some other owners are going to be asking some tough questions about who was minding the store here. How is it Mm. that Snyder was able to pull this off if it's true? If it's true that he was pushing money from NFL events to other events at FedEx field and reducing the amount of money that got properly shared with the NFL, there's an argument to be made that someone at the league office should have been paying better attention to what was going on and maybe figured this out before it hit the fan.
4: He's Mike Florio, pro football talk live co-host and his new book playmakers available online wherever books are sold. Bill Belichick turned 70. Now, he's as involved as any coach. And you start to look at when John Wooden stopped coaching or when Red Arbach when he stopped coaching, like Bill Belichick, this is, now Pete Carroll is at same age, but it feels like Belichick is not reducing his workload. It feels like he's been all in, uh, not a figurehead like Paterno was or Bobby Bowden was later in their careers. How do you explain this?
5: Well, I mean, the guy lives for football. He loves football. It is his identity. It is what he does. What else would he do? What would you retire and go do? It's where he gets his day in and day out satisfaction. Two points, Dan. A few years ago, Robert Kraft, the owner of the Patriots, told me at one of the league meetings, we had him on PFT Live. He wants... Bill Belichick to keep coaching into his 80s. He invoked names like Rupert Murdoch and Warren Buffett, people who have shown that they can continue to function at a high level beyond that 80th birthday. But here's the the difference. And this is why George Hallis retired as coach of the Bears in the mid-60s. He got to the point where he just physically couldn't do it. There's a bad call. He's got to run 20 yards to yell at the official. He can't do it anymore. He can't get there physically. That's the thing to watch as these coaches get older and older. Can they still move on the sideline like they need to to actively and properly coach the game? And, and the guy that I watch, and this amazes me, I looked it up last week and I fell out of my chair. John Harbaugh is 59. 59. Chuck Knoll retired at the age of 59 and was never heard from again. I think Harbaugh is going to be going 20 years from now. Harbaugh at 70 is going to be like a normal person at 50. He's the one that I think is going to outcoach all of them. And if anybody's got a chance to do it into their 80s, it's him.
4: You were talking about the Packers wide receiver situation recently. Um, how are they addressing this to help Aaron Rodgers after losing Devontae Adams?
5: Well, Rodgers said after the loss to the 49ers, he doesn't want to be part of a rebuilding effort. Meanwhile, his receiver room has been blown to smithereens when randall cobb is your number one guy in 2022 you've got a problem so what are they going to do dan are they going to go after jarvis landry or julio jones free agents that are available maybe i don't know are they going to try to trade for someone i think they should try to trade for chase claypool frankly because he doesn't need to be paid right now and i don't think he's going to be happy in pittsburgh with mitchell trubisky as the starting quarterback or do you draft someone do you use a first round pick second round pick and i think what they should do They should involve Aaron Rodgers very closely in the scouting of these receivers. He made it clear that he resents the idea that they just act like, hey, you just work here. We'll we'll take care of the big decisions. Get him involved, have him watch film, get his input, get him to buy in to whoever it is they draft. So he's invested in getting that guy up to speed. They don't have a number one receiver. They won't have a number one receiver unless they do something. And if they go the route of the draft, it's on Rodgers to trust that guy quickly and if he's not going to be there for the offseason program that's his prerogative it puts more pressure on everyone during training camp to get that rookie if it is a rookie that they go with up to speed asafp and then what's happening
4: with the seahawks with i i don't know if dk metcalf is available uh tyler lockett's available that that's not going to bode well for whoever's the quarterback
5: uh in seattle if you're you're shopping those guys once you trade russell wilson And remember, they said they had no intention to trade Russell Wilson, and then they traded. And so when they say they have every intention of keeping DK Metcalf, I assume that means he's out next, too. But there's a fascinating dynamic in the NFL right now. You've got teams that are willing to give up major money and draft picks for established receivers. You've got other teams that will say, hey, there's plenty of great receivers coming out every year. We'll take your draft picks like the Chiefs did. We'll take your draft picks. We'll gladly get rid of this burden of having to pay Tyreek Hill 27, 28 million a year. We'll just start from scratch. So where are the Seahawks right now? As they're rebuilding, can you really get the most out of DK Metcalf? That's really the question. And Sims and I talk about this all the time. They don't use him like they could, like he could be Debo Samuel in that offense. The guy's a superhero, but they, they don't get the ball in his hands as often as they need to. So if you're not going to use him, trade him to a team that will take the draft picks, and hope that you can, you can create the same magic you had 10 years ago when you built through the draft, and before you know it, you had a Super Bowl team.
4: Yeah, that's why when the Russell Wilson situation was ongoing, and I had heard they're, they're, they're privately quietly shopping Russell Wilson, so anytime Pete Carroll would say, no, we have no intention of uh, trading, and Russ said all the right things, hey, this is where I want to be. Meanwhile, they were trying to see what's the best deal they could get, and they're probably doing that with DK Metcalf right now.
5: You have to, because if you're not going to pay him and we see where the receiver market is going and the longer you wait, the more expensive it's going to get. If you're not going to do it, then why not make the move now, maximize your value and see what happens now? They reportedly aren't listening. But as we get closer to the draft, I think that's when the action may happen. And there are teams out there that are willing to make that move, give up the picks, give up the money to have that high end receiver. And the Seahawks are not in that mode right now. They are clearly in tear it down and rebuild it. So why not get what you can for for a guy that you're not going to get the most out of.
4: Thank you Mike, great to talk to you and congrats on the success of Playmakers. Thanks Dan, appreciate you pal. It's available wherever books are sold and online. Remember it was uh, almost a year ago when uh, we're watching the draft and Adam Schefter comes on SportsCenter and starts talking about possibility that Aaron Rodgers is going to be traded. Draft morning and I went Wait is this news? And then we eventually had Adam on, and I said, "Look, they, what you reported was not news and, 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 and he said it was a collection of, of information and that there wasn't any I thought that there was fire attached to the smoke, but we thought this is a foregone conclusion. he's going to get traded before the draft. and then of course, it obviously didn't happen. Yeah Paul.
1: That story broke at 1 p.m. Eastern on NFL Draft Day, which yeah. is the, maybe the biggest NFL day of the year for all teams involved.
4: Well, I had been told that uh, their, Paul Allen, who does a radio show, he's the voice of the Vikings, had brought up you know, the possibility that Aaron Rodgers could be traded. I believe. I want to make sure I, I got this correct. I got the feeling that Shefty thought he was going to be scooped on one of the biggest stories, that Aaron Rodgers might be traded. And then I think he kind of cobbled together some things. And then, look, Shefter came on and did answer my questions. It was a sort of a firing squad there because I said there, there, there was no news there. Yeah, Paul.
1: And an hour later at 2 p.m. Eastern, NFL Network, this is draft day last year, Tom Pelissaro at NFL Network reported that the 49ers, who had the third pick, called Green Bay on Wednesday, the day before the draft, to inquire about Rodgers' availability. Yeah. So that just stoked up the story even more. Yeah, it was wild.
4: Because you're watching the draft, and you're thinking, all right, are they going to trade him? And who is going to give up picks?
1: Yeah, Paulie? As the draft's going on, I'm calling these stories up right now. Well, I think this, the the Broncos had the seventh pick of the draft? Ninth pick, somewhere around there? Ninth pick? Does that sound right? A lot of people thought that the Broncos were going to make the trade right there, then during the draft and get Rodgers. Mark Schlereth reported that he was hearing that that was discussion (laughs) and he knows the Broncos, but it didn't happen. I think they took a defensive back. Patrick Sertan. Yeah.
4: Yeah. Yeah, the whole going to Denver. And look, I was wrong on it because I was told by a source when they traded Von Miller, and my source said, you know, here's the deal Green Bay wants picks, they don't want players. And Denver is gearing up to trade picks to get Aaron Rodgers. That was when Von Miller was traded. And my source stayed with that. And he said, I absolutely, positively believe this. And I think it's going to happen. Yeah, Paul.
1: Going back to the draft again last year, the ninth pick, Denver, was on the clock. And when they didn't take a quarterback, when they didn't take Justin Fields at Ohio State, it stoked it up even more. <laughs> they're not taking quarterback because they're getting Aaron Rodgers tonight. That was their instant reaction.
4: Yeah uh nathan in la hey nate what's on your mind today
2: hey dan good to talk to you uh a couple questions uh i'll go through them real quickly number one do you think it'll literally take an act of congress to get daniel snyder out of his position
4: um i don't i think that it could put pressure on the nfl to take him out of that or vote to take him out of that but i don't i don't think an act of congress will they, they can't force him to sell
2: Right,
3: and the other question,
2: so slightly off topic. Uh, you heard, I'm sure you heard about Alyssa Mackin, uh who did uh, base coaching for San, San Francisco, Francisco. today. Yeah. Apparently, mm-hmm. yeah. What are your thoughts on that? I'd love to hear more about her if you know about her.
4: Uh, I. It's awesome. Like, I, it, it's not as big of a deal, and I think that says a lot about us. Now that we're kind of getting used to these things, and. Now, you might have people say, hey, nobody's making a big deal about, uh, you know, a woman out there as a base coach. You know, that's the way it should be. I mean, that's the way I viewed it. Like, good. If you know baseball, great. She probably has forgotten more baseball than I know. But I'm fine with that. It's not like I go, you know, it's like when women uh, were going to be brought in to be referees in the uh, NBA, and people are like, oh, let's see what happens when Shaq says something to you. When's the last time you noticed that there was a, a female referee in the NBA? You just get to the point where you go, yes, good. I'm fine with that. I mean, she can make bad calls just like a guy can. I, I mean, I'm fine with that. You just look at them as that's the, that's the referee. That's the official. All right, more phone calls coming up. We'll check in with the Lakers in a little bit. Back after this. Thanks for listening to the Dan Patrick Show podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday morning, nine until noon Eastern, six to nine Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. And you can find us on the iHeartRadio app at FSR or stream us live on the Peacock app.
0: I'm George Reister, host of the Reister or Wrong podcast. This is the intersection where sports, business, society, and pop culture meet the truth
4: I was curious how my favorite guardian did yesterday, Stephen Kwan. he singled, he walked twice, reaching base three times for the fifth time in his many career baseball games in the major leagues. So he's batting six sixty seven. he's reached base in 18 of 24 plate appearances, the most times for any player in his first five games since 1901. Stat of the day, stat of the day, Bob. stat of the day, stat of the day, here comes that what stat of the day. Bob, that's incredible. Yes, Todd?
5: But how do you quantify how good uh,
4: okay. he's going to be you know, uh, in the years?
2: Oh.
4: Thank you. Um. Thank you. Time to play Guess That NFL News Story. Paulie, you teased us. You said during the commercial break, ah, don't look at your email we got some big NFL news. Do we have music for this? The silver and black clad masters of intimidation nearly took Joe Theismann's head off.
1: We're going to play fill in the blank, Dan Patrick. Okay. The blank and star quarterback blank have agreed to a three year contract extension worth $121 million. The blank and star quarterback blank have agreed to a terms and okay. three year contract extension. I already said this for $100 million. Here's a hint. He's never considered one of the best quarterbacks in the league.
4: It's not Kirk D. Cousins. No. Is it a Kirk D.
1: Cousins-like quarterback? Yes and no. Is he better than Kirk D. Cousins? I've been on this guy's bandwagon for a long time. Is this
4: quarterback the longest tenured quarterback in the AFC? Yeah,
1: I think so. He's been there a long time, wire to wire. Derek Carr, Derek Carr just got three years, one hundred twenty million dollars. Okay, attached. All right, that is somewhat somewhat team friendly, isn't it? Uh, so what's that average out to? Forty. Forty.
4: It's a lot of dough, but it, it's not a lot of years. Dough. So, um, I don't know what team friendly is anymore because I don't know how they have these things structured. Is there a signing bonus in here?
1: He's thirty-one years old. He's coming off a season with 23 touchdowns, and they almost went to the Super Bowl. I like it.
4: I mean, I, I like Derek Carr. I think he's a good quarterback. I think sometimes when you think somebody is better than they are, that's when you get disappointed. And look, they had four chances inside the 10 against the Bengals to go to the, you know, to win the next game. And win that game, uh, and then what, go to, go to Kansas City? Yeah, Paulie.
1: Derek Carr's career record is uh, under 500 as a regular season quarterback. Yeah. But he's got 193 touchdowns and 85 interceptions. All
4: right. It's, what am I expecting from this guy? And then what am I getting?
1: And I like what the Raiders
4: did in the offseason. Got a new coach in there. Don't have to start over. Uh, Offensive-minded head coach. He got some weapons there. Uh, I like Max Crosby. Yeah, they're you, you gotta they had no other choice you gotta keep up with everybody in the AFC West there so I, I like that I like Derek Carr uh, let's see uh, Bob in uh, New York hey Bob what's on your mind today
5: uh, hi Dan sorry about that uh, shout out to OG chat row hey um, I think Washington missed a bet here and they chose their name too early if they'd waited a little longer they could have chosen a more historically appropriate name the Washington co-conspirators
4: oh okay good <laughs> Bob good set okay. up alright All All right, right, Bob then. You know, that was a quick setup, wasn't a lengthy one, and then uh, he delivered. Bloop, bloop, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Tony Reale's going to give him some points on around the horn there. I like that one. Jamie in Utah. Hi, Jamie. What's on your mind?
2: Hey, greetings. How are you, Dan? Great, great, great. Great, uh, a six, one a
7: rotund, 242. Mm. Thank you, Dan, for that. <clears throat> mm. um, <laughs> although I live in Utah... I am a lifelong Washington football fan, quote-unquote. Grew up in the Washington area, was there for the heyday of the Redskins. This is a day we have been praying for as fans for over two decades. Please, God, get rid of this guy, Dan Snyder. He is the worst owner, cannot stand the guy. Hopefully something comes of this. Mm -hmm. Um, Second quick take, if the Timberwolves win a playoff game, I think Patrick Beverly may celebrate and jump up on the scoring table and blow up like one of those demigorgons on Stranger Things. Dan, you <laughs> guys have a great day. Thank you, Appreciate
4: Jamie. It. Thank you. And having been there and covered when Joe Theismann was the quarterback and Riggins was there, and to cover them from afar, I would be in New York working for CNN. I would come down for their playoff games, uh, occasionally a regular season game. And, and it's a, it was an incredible fan base. And, you know, they did well. Jack Kent-Cook, those games against Dallas were wonderful. And you could, you could see, like, the Redskins at the time, what they were called, and they played the Bears. And the Bears beat them in Washington, D.C. And you could see that there were two teams, like two ships passing in the night. It's like, that one is going to be dominating, and this one is pretty much done. And that's what happened. Randall in Seattle. Hi, Randall. What's on your mind?
2: Hey, how's it going, DP? Good to talk to you.
4: Thank you, Randall. What's on your mind?
2: Uh, The greatest bands of all time.
4: Bands. So... The Who, The Beatles, Led Zeppelin, Rolling Stones are at the top of Mount Rushmore of the greatest rock and roll bands of all time. Uh, ACDC is easily the greatest Australian rock and roll band. And we both also know, Pauly knows, who the greatest Canadian rock and roll band is of all time. And uh, who is the greatest American rock and roll band? The only rules being no individualism, no Bruce Springsteen and the E Street Band, no Tom Petty and the Heartbreakers. Uh, no, Holland Oates. Sorry, Fritzy. Well, it'd probably be Aerosmith. Probably be Aerosmith. Yeah, Paul.
1: Would the Beach Boys be considered a rock and roll band? Because they were very successful, no matter what you think of them, success-wise. No, they, they're they great. Still listen to that music. I, I think the Beach Boys would have to, from a success standpoint, would have to be in there.
2: They'd... Yeah, it's the definition of rock and roll. Yeah, uh, Seaton. I would definitely put the Beach Boys in there. Um, but maybe the Eagles all right. Don't sleep on the Eagles. Okay, Eagles
4: over. Yeah, well, you know Hotel California. They sold a lot. They moved a lot of product, as they we moved like to a say. A lot of product. Aerosmith uh, did a lot of product. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Paulie.
1: Uh, I know they're not there, but REM's success run.
4: They are more successful in uh, in the, in Great Britain in in Europe. REM. Yes, really. Yeah, Mike Mills, one of the members, said, "You know, we can't get arrested in the United States." He said, "We go to Germany and some of these other places. You know, it, it's just different. They treat him like rock stars." Yes, yeah,
2: he. I would also say, don't sleep on Van Halen. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, the two eras. Does that help? Does it hurt? I don't really know, but it's a long run, though. It sure is. Yeah, yeah, Paul.
1: Not enough time to get to Motley Crue, huh?
2: No, damn
4: it, no. We'll check in with the Lakers. Final hour on this program. More of your phone calls as well. Close out the second hour with our good friends at M-Drive. In fact, in the morning when I'm doing my routine, when I'm doing my uh, fruit smoothie, and then I'll take a scoop of M-Drive, and then Fritzie will usually do the scoop. There it is.
5: You like when I do that. Not, well, Not so much?
4: No. I, I mean, it's nice that you're watching what I'm doing, but... Every... I need to
5: emulate what you're doing because you're slimming down and you got all this energy. And you're bopping around the place. Yeah. Well, you can do it. It's just
4: scoop. There it is with M-Drive. Scoop! There it is! M-Drive Lean. First of its kind. Protein powder actually helps you lose weight. M-Drive Lean, backed by science, contains a clinically tested blood orange extract that supports the reduction in weight, waist size, and body mass. Quick and easy addition to your daily routine, and it tastes way better than most protein powders. Find M-Drive Lean at mdrivedan.com. Get 20% off your first order. Make sure you use the promo code DAM. If you're not happy after 60 days, get your money back guaranteed. I think you'll be happy. Don't let age beat you. Visit mdrivedan.com. Make sure you use the promo code DAN.